Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a special co-host for you. It's me. <laughs> we don't have any uh, co-host. It's just going to be me because uh, this is a really cool um, week. That, that I, something that I want to talk about, very, very important um, because I think it stops so many people and it's just, this is like the fear monger if, if there is a fear monger out there and that's mistakes. People hold on to their mistakes from the past. People are afraid about making mistakes in the future and uh, I wanted to just be me you know and you listening you know but I, I wanted just to um, these podcasts are only about 15 to, to 20 minutes long and have a lot of a lot of valuable content for you and one of the biggest reasons why I want to make this one uh, is because I've been doing a lot of case studies recently in this new I'm doing a new video series called ask the experts it's going to be released on YouTube soon and um, one question that I want that I ask people that have been doing this for a number of years real estate investing and mobile home investing is if you had like sort of a magic wand, you know, and you could, you could go back and you could do one thing over again, what would you do? And it's been really cool listening to people's answers because without any prepping or without, you know, telling them that, that I was going to be ans- asking them this, this question or without any pauses or anything like that, all of their answers have been... Well, it's two things. It's either I would have started earlier real estate investing or mobile home investing. I would have started mobile home investing earlier or nothing because all of the mistakes have made you where you are today. They've given you thicker skin as an investor. They've made you a better investor. All of the roller coaster of emotions that I've been on these past 13 years, uh, almost 14 years now, all, I mean, that is that's what's 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 preparing me and what has made me into the investor that you see and that you hear, um, where I don't get you know very emotional or if bad things do happen. And believe me, bad things are still happening. I mean, you know, not not bad things, but I'm still you know the the same making I guess less you mistakes you'd say, but still have the same sort of anxiety, or I should sort of have the same anxiety or level of stress because I'm taking on more and more and more projects, but that's not the case. In fact, it's less because I've gone through a lot of these hardships. I've gone through um, a lot of these pains and these worries and just nights of fear and weeks of fear to realize and come out the other side like what the heck was I worried about like every mobile home I have is a good investment so I have it for another couple of weeks who cares this is a great freaking deal and this is a good looking home so I want to talk to you about in this in this um, podcast sort of how to analyze and sort of give you a recipe to sort of get you past any mistakes to not only embrace the mistakes that you've made in the past but also moving forward not look forward to making mistakes but realize mistakes for exactly what they are and they are a tool of people who take action because people that take action they definitely make mistakes and they serve as a sort of a barometer or 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 a, a temperature gauge or a, a directional heading of, hey, am I on the right track or am I not? And let me adjust. So let me talk about some of my mistakes. And I, I've, I've broken them down into a couple main categories um, of, of where I feel I've really made mistakes. And again, this is not um, spiritual or this is not personal life or this is not relationships. This is just mobile home investing. I could talk for another hour about all the mistakes I've made in those other uh, areas. So just with regards to mobile home investing, I'd say that there's one umbrella for make, making mistakes that that 
has like the headline of being too greedy. Because if you're too greedy, then you hold to your offer a little bit too firm. You wait a little bit too long in order to close because you're greedy. You know, you're like, hey, no, I want to get it for my price. So I keep pushing and pushing the envelope, keep trying to get more and more for my home when I resell it, keep trying to get the seller to take less and less for their home or just sweeter and sweeter terms. Now, I'm almost positive that most of that, that you, the person listening to my voice, you've probably heard the expression, pigs get fat hogs get slaughtered and whether it's slaughtered or whether it's just you get kicked out of a deal you don't get to do a deal i've uh, i've passed and not by my own choice but i've missed out on deals because i've been too greedy and that feeling sucks i remember uh uh, this one potential deal, or this one deal I definitely had, it was a mobile home in a park. It was for sale by an owner. It was her. She had one. Her daughter had the one next door. They both had to leave town, and they were both selling them for a steal of a deal. The two homes together were going to be $4,500, and, you know, that that's a good price in of itself, but they needed hardly any work. One was a two-bedroom. One was a three-bedroom. I tried to get it for just a little bit too. I just held to my, you know, to, to my offers a little too firm. I wanted to get them both under three thousand or excuse me under four thousand total for the both of them and guess what happened i waited too long somebody came along and went ahead and purchased both of those homes so really taught me a valuable lesson and instead of kicking myself which i really did i mean i caused myself so much anxiety so much I don't know if stress gives you cholesterol, but I'm, I know it doesn't help your heart. It, it negatively affects you. So who knows how many minutes or seconds I took off my life by just kicking myself repeatedly for the day and then the next day and then that week and then weeks to come just knowing um, that I lost out on the deal. I didn't lose any money, but I lost out on that potential deal. And that sort of, sort of brings me to the next uh, well, not the next umbrella because that one was talking about greed, but I want to talk now about loss aversion. Uh, and that's the theory in psychology that says, or it's not a theory, I'm pretty sure it's proven, but it's the, um, it's the event in psychology, uh, it's human nature that when we have something good happen, we find $100. You are happy, let's say, you know, 100 units whatever you know happiness is like a hundred you know or whatever units a million units but you're you're happy 100 units because you found a hundred dollars on the street you know great you found a hundred bucks well if you lose one hundred dollars now you're upset you're mad you're disappointed 200 units so what that means is that it's uh, studies have shown that we weigh about doubly we weigh negative influences so or negative things that happen to us so whether you've lost money physically or you've lost out on a situation or you've passed up a deal and you're kicking yourself because you know you you didn't make that money you're going to remember that just physically that's why we typically remember negative things when people do negative things and we kind of forget about all the positive it's because of that loss aversion so I wanted to bring that up and the first First umbrella, remember we're talking about greed. So it's important, especially as a mobile home investor, there's four things that you can that, well, there's a lot of things you can do wrong. There's a lot of ways you can mess up. But the four main umbrellas, I'd say, for, and I've said this before, for people losing money or not making as much money or just having a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to real, uh, excuse me, mobile home investing, there's four things. The investor can pay too much for the home, which means that you're not going to recoup your money in 10 months or less or even fewer months. Uh, it's going to take you a lot longer. So spending too much when you buy it, 
because remember, we always want to recoup our money in about 10 months or less, hopefully in about six months or less with making 300 minimum net cash flow to you. So you can spend too much on a home. You can over-repair the home. Now, if you over-repair you, you, over the home, you over-improve it, you've just put too much money into it, and now it's going to take you again months and months and months, maybe even a year or two, to get all of your money back, and then you're making profit you know, after that. But the second thing is when you make too, much, too many repairs, you're looking at this home and saying, okay, what would I want? And you're just cleaning everything. You're, you're going through the home and just fixing it up. And you're spending way too money on, uh, much money on this home. Remember, before you buy any home, you have to know what your buyers will pay and what they're looking for. For a two-bedroom, for a three-bedroom, are they willing to do work in lieu of a, you know, a lower move-in fee? So people spend too much on mobile homes, the investors, when they buy them. That's mistake num- mistake umbrella number one. Mistake umbrella number two when investors are buying is to over improve the house before you resell it. Now if you're going to sell it for FHA financing or with a bank loan and you have comparable sales saying okay everyone on this street installed granite countertops and they have a pitched roof and they have vinyl siding so I'm going to do that myself. So if you're going to sell your home for cash or a mobile home for uh, bank financing and you know you will then by all means you can go ahead and fix up the home comparably to the neighbors to what's sold already. Not what's going to be sold, but what has sold already. Those are comps. People can ask whatever they want for their homes, but we care about what actually sold. What did a buyer have and or what did a buyer buy and how long was that home on the market for? So if you're going to fix up a home uh, and you're not selling it with payments, you're selling it with cash or with bank financing, just go ahead and make sure you know what comparable sales are within the past few months and within the same you know mile kind of radius of the home, whether that's in a park or community or it's on its own piece of land. So the first one of kind of mistakes where people can make, and again, we still didn't go, we still haven't gone over my uh, all my mistakes mistakes, which we'll just talk about here in one or two minutes, but you can spend too much on a mobile, you can over-repair it, you can put the wrong people in it. Remember, 90 plus percent of our mobile homes, when we resell them, we resell them for cash, or I'm sorry, we sell them for payments in most areas, and then cash, we try to double or triple our money, but with payments, that's what we mostly want to do, because we can recoup the most value and the most profit, but you sell it to the wrong person, and you can sell homes to anyone you want to, but it's going to be a nightmare if you put a high-risk person in there. And believe me, I speak from experience. And, you know, it's not a nightmare that you can't deal with. You're going to be able to deal with it. It's just that you're going to get calls. You're going to be frustrated. People aren't going to pay you. They're going to have excuses. They're going to be victims. So you want to put a good, low-risk person in there. And there's definitely a method to the madness there. We want to pre-screen, pre-screen, and pre-screen people and make sure that they jump through our hoops and really make sure we know what we're looking and who we're looking for. And uh, certain traits are kind of indicative of people that you would or would not want to sell your mobile home to with payments. And remember, you're going to be in a relationship with these people for five to ten years or longer if you have a mobile home on land. So you really, again, want, don't want to sell to the right person or the first person with money. You want to sell to a good person um, and a quality person who's going to live there and take care of it and improve the community, improve the home. Uh, so that's the third thing. And then the fourth thing that you can do is to sell for too short of a time. Uh, we do 60 months minimum in almost every case, unless it's a really bad handyman special. Then we might be only selling for about 48 months or 36 months. But typically it's 60 months or more, sometimes 120 months, which is 10, 10 years. So about five to 10 years with a mobile home in a park. And that's because I want you to recoup your money in six to 10 months max and then have another four plus 
plus years where you have cash flow coming in. I mean, four Christmases go by and you have just cash flow coming in month after month after month, again, at a minimum of $300 per month. So those are the four big areas where people go wrong. And I know in the past where I've made mistakes, it's because I've been A, too greedy, B, I've been too slow on a deal, meaning I got lazy, meaning I was too cocky and I thought I was able to, you know, oh, there's no one else, you know, there's no other buyers and no one else has cash and, and I'm the man and I can do this and I'll just go in two days or in three days or in one day or I'll wait a couple days to close or go see the seller, whatever it is. If you have a good deal in front of you, uh, an investor told me actually after I lost those those two deals with that mom and the daughter um, in Florida and I, I was kicking myself, an investor told me, one of my mentors at the time, he said, John, you know, you can't steal in slow motion. And that really made it, I mean, and, and we don't want to steal anything, of course. We never want to twist a seller's arm. We're not going to, you know, they're not going to do anything if it doesn't make financial sense to them. But the important thing uh, that I took away is that you can't steal in slow motion. Now, of all these mistakes, no matter what you've done, and I've I've over-invested. There was a, whew, I, I went through a my own little uh, personal kind of um not hell, but my own personal um, bad time. When I, uh, after Katrina, I invested, I, I went from Florida and I drove up with a buddy to Mississippi and we invested in four places and we got hard money and I used a number of my own money to put down and to do repairs and also to buy two of the homes cash. And, and long story short, we ended up making it out of that, but I had contractors stealing from me. I was way too, I assumed I knew what was going to happen, and I assumed I knew the road, and I was too greedy. Like, I knew because of the emotion I was having, because of the butterflies in my stomach, and just the, even the goosebumps now that I remember thinking, like, oh, it's Katrina, and these houses you can buy just for, for, for pennies on the dollar, because people already got their insurance money, so we can buy the homes, we can fix them up, we can sell them, and we won't have any competition, and we'll be able to sell brand new homes, or fix them up, and resell them. And I had no idea, not only did I not do that, I mean, my bread and butter was mobile homes, but, and these were single family homes, but it was also not, oh, how far away? Maybe, uh, I think, I don't know, six, four to, about four to 600 miles away from Tampa to Mississippi, where I had these properties, ended up um, screwing up my credit a little bit. We didn't end up um, selling and coming out of them all fine, um, but I lost a bunch of money. Oh, not fine, but just lost a bunch of money. My credit went down. Um, it was really like, you know, my own personal, like, this is terrible. I'm so scared. I have anxiety all the time. And again, that just made me a different, better unique investor with all those experiences. So let me tell you right now what I would like you to do uh, whenever a mistake happens. And, and right now, I haven't mastered it, but I really feel like whenever I make a mistake and I know I'm going through a mistake, I can step out of myself and, and look down, have sort of observing ego. I can observe myself and I can feel the unpleasantness and I can just, I don't want to say bathe in it, but I can just stand there and realize, you know what? I messed up. Let's see how I messed up. Here's how I messed up. Here's how I messed up. Even if it's somebody else's fault, you know, it's still my fault ultimately. And if something didn't happen, I should have been more on top of it. So I will acknowledge the mistake and then I will have it empower me because I'm going to challenge myself. And I know some people say this, but you really have to truly mean it. Whenever you make a mistake, don't repeat it.
Okay, we can so oftentimes do that. And I know in relationships, I've done that time and time again. I know in personal things, I've done it time and time again. And it's easy because we get a little slap on the wrist or, you know, oh, I'm cheating. I'm going to break my diet a little bit. Oh, slap, slap on the wrist. But when you talk about, you know, messing up and now you're not making the thousands of dollars you wanted or you lost hundreds of dollars, you've lost thousands of dollars, you that really has an impact on you. So you can go ahead and kick yourself over and over again. Don't do that. Just really realize that it was what it was. It was a good lesson that you learned and you will never, ever, ever make that lesson again. So very important to realize that. Let it empower you. Learn from it. And when you ever, whenever you want to start something new, so that's everything in the past. So kind of look at your mistakes in the past, write those down, write down the limiting beliefs that are stopping you. You know, if you've gone up to, you know, you've tried to purchase a piece of real estate. It's not because you purchased it wrong, or maybe it is, but you had the the the, the guts to go ahead and purchase that. So, if that's stopping you from purchasing another deal, I'd like to challenge you to do something. Whenever you're going to do something new, you have a new venture that you want to do, you have a new business strategy, you have a new real estate niche you want to focus on, you have a new mobile home deal you want to look at. Get a 30,000-foot view of the whole deal, of what you're going to need to do, what the procedures are. And don't just do this yourself. Ask local experts, either online or that are in your local area. And ask people, listen, here's what I want to do. Like, What are the big steps? What are the you know big uh, main steps that I'll be taking? And then be able to have that person or someone else or someone or two people or three be able to get your questions answered before you ever start. Uh, there's no there's there's and this is kind of something that I'm learning more and more of investing but the questions that you have on a particular deal are the same questions that most everyone else is going to have on that on that deal on on other deals so when you're newer don't think that you can do everything on your own in fact why would you stand on the shoulders of other investors network with them get to know them talk with them thank them listen to their stories investors like to talk they like to help out other people because they've made mistakes and they don't want you to make mistakes the person listening to my voice right now I don't want you going through the same crap that I went through and yes it gave me a lot of value but if you can learn it a different way if I can tell you it if I can impress upon you because you 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 send me pictures and I'm showing you hey this 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 corner this leak uh, you know this seller saying this and this and these other five homes for sale in the park I mean all of these are kind of they're not red flags and they don't make or break the deal by themselves but it's just so important to truly understand what you're going to do moving forward so don't ever let that slow you down or stop you just make sure that you have the support and the clear vision of what you want to do moving forward so don't let any mistakes ever hold you down or be afraid of making mistakes they are badges of honor but do make sure you have clarity moving forward you know if the seller says this I'm gonna say this if the home has this problem I'm gonna do this and really have someone there that you can ask those questions to again you can always reach out to me um, you know whether you're a member of my program or not I'm always here to help uh, so please don't hesitate to do that support at mobilehomeinvesting.net is where you can reach me again support at mobilehomeinvesting.net i hope this podcast has really been helpful to you 
because it has been so, so important to me uh, these past 13 years, and I know I'm going to continue making mistakes moving forward. So thank you so much for listening, uh, and if there's anything else I can do for you, please don't ever hesitate to ask. Thank you so much. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 